Welcome to Love Works with Chris and Karen Conley. This is Karen, and I am here in studio with Chris Conley. He is the founding pastor of High Point Church in Memphis, Tennessee. We are in a series on the Holy Spirit. Most specifically, our last podcast, we really dove into the topic of tongues. We really want, as believers and as the church, to be educated on this topic and not to miss out on anything that God has for us, but at the same time, to boil it down into something that is understandable and relatable. And so that's our hope for today. Really, we've got five principles of application, Chris, that you have developed through all of your study and research when it comes to spiritual gifts and how we handle them. Before we jump into the five principles of application, as we close out this whole series on the Holy Spirit, we've been talking about this for eight or nine podcasts now. We've got maybe one more left. I want to just make sure we approach this with the right mindset. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is 100% safe. Mm -hmm. We want all of the Holy Spirit in the Bible is very clear about the purpose of the Holy Spirit, about the purpose of the gifts, how the gifts can be used. And it's my hope that these five applications will help us have complete and total confidence on this subject, give us the ability to have discernment, and then to apply these in such a way that there's no more fear, and fear has been replaced with confidence, and we can live in faith in the fullness of who God wants us to be as the Holy Spirit indwells us leads us, gifts us, and gives us the ability to serve him according to his purpose. And I just want to encourage any listener that maybe you just feel like you just go through the motions in your walk and you just kind of struggle or feel like, yeah, I'm a good Christian, but, you know, is there more? And I think that's a lot of times where we have kind of boxed ourselves in to what we understand and then limit God's activity and limit what he wants to do in us because we have just kind of stuck with what we know, allowed ourselves just to be in a routine. And I hope this whole conversation on the Holy Spirit, it's been a reminder to me that, man, there's more of God. The Holy Spirit's within me, and I just need to be more sensitive to him. So I hope this will help us as we go through. In a very real sense, it's kind of like the Holy Spirit is the energy giver to us. You ever have one of those days where you just feel like you don't have any energy. Well, living without the Holy Spirit would be like living without the energy of God pulsing throughout your body, giving you a sense of motivation and inspiration, and not only motivation and inspiration, but the power to accomplish the work of God and the will of God. It brings us to life, and it gives us a sense of excitement and energy to go do the things of God. And wisdom and discernment, which Absolutely. is, you know, I think as a mom, man, I need that every waking moment. It's available to us. So let me dive in with the first principle that we're going to look at, and that is that gifts are the common good of the church church, not the personal enhancement of the individual. Tell us why that's important. Oh, it's vitally important because when it's about the common good of the church, then it enables the church to be about loving others. 
Mm-hmm. It enables the church to be about serving others. Fifty-eight different times in Scripture, the phrase one another is used, that we are to honor one another. We are to encourage one another, to submit to one another, to exhort one another, to love one another. And those one another's are only fulfilled through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in our life and the giftedness of the Holy Spirit in our life. So the very moment that we begin to make gifts about ourselves. And we elevate ourselves through our giftedness. We are operating in contradiction to the scripture that the gifts are for the common good of the church, not for the personal enhancement of the individual. And as we think about that, let me give you just some phrases from various scriptures. I just want to pull out these things. In 12.7, all of this is in the context of 1 Corinthians. In 12.7, it says they're for the common good. 14.3 says for their upbuilding encouragement and consolation. Consolation there means for our comfort, that we're receiving comfort or it's for consoling. 14.4 means it builds up the church. Notice they're building up the church, not the individual. Though they do enhance the individual, that's not their purpose. Their purpose is for the common good of the church. Verse 5, so that the church may be built up. Repetition's intentional here. Verse 12, we strive to excel in the building up of the church. Verse 26, let all things be done for building up what? The church, not the individual. It's the church first. The individual is built up. The individual is built up, though, for the purpose of fulfilling God's work. Verse 31, so that all may discern and all may be encouraged. So let me wrap up this section by asking this question. Where would we be today without gifted servants and leaders in the church? What could the church accomplish without gifted servants and leaders? Think about everything that goes on on a Sunday morning. Think about everything that goes on in a small group. Someone's got to open their house. Someone's got to prepare some food. Someone's got to send out some emails. Someone's got to send out directions. Someone's got to organize the whole event so that people can get together for the purpose of knowing God and knowing one another. The giftedness of the church is dependent upon people serving according to their gifts. And that is so counterculture. The tendency is for us to either not know what our gifts are or to use them everywhere but for the purpose of the body. We were just finishing up a Bible study recently and we were talking about the subject of the Sabbath and how important it is for us to have margin, to take time to honor the Lord and to worship him. And I had to just take a breath when I heard a few women talking. They were like, you know, I need to stop serving so that I can take time to worship God. And I thought, oh, we're missing it. We are missing it if you think that the one thing you need to stop doing is using your gifts in the church because that is why you were given those gifts. What's so important in light of what you just said is that when our gifts aren't being used for God, guess who tries to use them? The enemy. Your gifts are going to be used. We like using our gifts. We like doing what we're good at. Almost never. I mean, sometimes people get into some type of discouragement or some type of depression, and and that's a legitimate thing, and, and people need to get medical help for those kind of things and get spiritual counsel for those kind of things. But the majority of the time, people don't go dormant. They will still do what they're good at, but they'll do it for themselves instead of for the church. And the enemy wants to steal your gift, and he wants to use it for his purposes instead of you using it for God's purposes. It is retraining your mind to go, I am here not for my good, 
but for a higher purpose that God has me here and he has given me these gifts. How can I use them for his church? But let's move on for sake of time to our second principle here. And that is this, that diversity within unity, not uniformity, is essential for a healthy and effective church. So help us break that down. What's the difference between unity and uniformity? Uniformity, just in the last podcast, as we talked about the spiritual gift of tongues, that if we overemphasize tongues and we elevate tongues above other gifts and we say something like everybody's got to have a private prayer language, that's taking it out of context. That's creating uniformity. That means everybody would have that. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says he uses the metaphor of a body and that we're all different members of the body. So you might be a hand, I might be a foot, but together we work together to make the body work. So when we look at this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, it says there's variety of gifts, but the same spirit. So a variety of gifts, a uniqueness among those gifts. And what we must do is not covet someone else's gifts. Mm -hmm. Trust that God has given us our gifts for a reason, for a purpose, and that there's no second-rate gifts, that all gifts are important, all gifts are specific, and all gifts are designed for you to accomplish the good works that God prepared beforehand that you should walk in them, not that you should accomplish someone else's good works. And so he says there's a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. Verse 5, there's varieties of service. So there's variety of ways that you use those gifts, but the same Lord. And then lastly, he says there's varieties of activities, but the same God. And so even what's interesting there, also, you notice we see the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is leading us in this process of using our gifts. I look back at my just journey with other women as I lead women in ministry, and I think it is not about pursuing what someone else has. And it's not about you looking at somebody else and thinking less of them because they don't have the gift that you have. It works both ways. Those that think that they're spiritually mature accidentally are being immature by expecting someone else to have the same gift or thinking that they are better because they have a particular gift. And another mistake that is made along those same lines in church, we just simply put importance upon the visible gifts people that teach. And then we think, if I can't teach, then is there anything for me to do here? The people that sing, well, if I can't sing, is there anything for me to do here? Just because those gifts are more visible, typically in the way that the church operates, doesn't mean they're more important. Everybody has important gifts. If you aren't using your gifts, then that means there's something in the body not working right. There's something in the body not healthy. It would be the same thing as if I broke my right hand. That would have a dramatic impact upon my effectiveness because I write with my right hand. It would be hard for me to type. It's hard for me to type with two hands, much less one hand, right? (laughs) I drive a manual stick shift car. It'd be hard for me to be able to drive that car with one hand. That I was given two hands for a reason. And in the church, Every person is important and every person is needed because the mission of God and the work of God is so important that we must serve it. Well, and you just set us up perfectly for the third principle, whether you knew it or not. And that is this. God gives gifts to each person for a specific function in the body. So as we think about this, every person's unique, every person's special. Every person's important. 
and you are needed and you're needed from God's perspective. God created it to work this way. Is God all sufficient in and of himself? Yes. But did God create the church and give us the gift of being ministers of reconciliation? He gave us that privilege of partnering with him. He gave us the privilege of being ambassadors for Christ. He gave us the privilege of being co-laborers, of being servants. As we look at this, you are on his team. You are a teammate. You don't need to be sitting in stands. You don't need to be sitting on the bench. You need to be listening to Jesus Christ as your coach and the Holy Spirit to play to the best of your ability. When we look at this in chapter 12, verse 11, it says this, all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each individually as he wills. So God apportions the giftedness to each individual as he wills. I don't confer as a pastor giftedness upon people when they are saved and they receive the Holy Spirit, they receive specific gifts of God. I do believe throughout our life in different seasons of life, God also can give us additional gifts for specific purposes during those seasons. In verse 18, it says, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. He didn't make any mistakes with you. He has you exactly where you are and you are needed where you are in the church cannot be what it is without you and the mission of God cannot be fully accomplished the way he designed it and desires it to be without you. We must become a group of people who are no longer sitting, but we're serving. And the fourth principle I think we have discussed before, but it definitely bears repeating. Every member has his or her own function and every member needs every member of the body to fulfill his or her function. And I think in such an independent society, we want to be self-sufficient with just our gift. But it's so important to remember we need other people as well. That body analogy, it's found in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 14 through 20. But I want to focus on a couple verses specifically. Verse 21 says this, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Wow. I mean, yet. We operate every week as if we don't need everybody. And we try to pride ourselves on being independent Mm -hmm. and self-sufficient. But that's not the way that's counterintuitive to the way God designed it to be, that I am incomplete without you as my wife. You and I, God designed us to complete one another in a husband-wife relationship. In the body of Christ, we also are designed to complete one another and to complement one another so that the body of Christ fulfills its divine potential. You and I were having a similar conversation in a different context recently, but the statement was made that there's this accidental assumption that maturity equals independence, that when you are mature and that the context was talking about teenagers, that, you know, if I'm really a grown up and acting like a teenager, then I'm going to have my whole act together and I don't need anything. That's what it looks like to be grown up. When in reality, maturity is having that awareness that you do need help and being willing to ask for it. And in the context here, scripturally, it's having the maturity to know that you need all of those other gifts and to affirm them and to work in unison with them. Okay, let's take that in the context of me as a pastor. I have a very limited skill set as an individual. My spiritual gifts are leadership, teaching, and faith. 
But if those were the only three spiritual gifts present in our church, no one would probably attend our church. So it's okay for me not to have all the gifts, but it's not okay for our church not to have all the gifts. So it's my responsibility as the pastor and the leader of that church to identify all the other gifts and to make sure that people who have the gift of hospitality are serving on our guest services team, to make sure that people who have the gift of care are serving on our care team and helping people through moments of crisis and through the grieving process and visiting people in the hospital. It's my responsibility to make sure that The people that can actually sing are singing. You wouldn't like it if I put people on stage who couldn't sing, right? You want gifted people to sing. So as we look at this, it's so important for us to understand it's okay for us as individuals not to have all the gifts. That was actually the intent. (laughs) Yes. But he wants the church to manifest and to represent all the giftedness. How much could the church accomplish today? Today, Typically, on average, in a church, only 20% of the people serve. What if 100% of the people serve? Not only that, what if 50% serve? What if 60, 70% serve? The church truly could change our cities, change our country, and change our world if we simply allowed ourselves to serve according to our strengths, according to our giftedness. Well, and I just want to encourage anyone who's listening to this that maybe you slide in and slide out at your church home. You know, you go in and and maybe it's because there are things there that you just don't want to get involved in or just haven't found that fit. I want to encourage you. You could be a part of that solution. It may be your gift that they're needing. And so that is is something that I just want to encourage you. If, If that's you and you come in and you come out and you're kind of stealth in the back row, God has so much more for you to experience experience in the joy of exercising your gifts within the body. I just want to encourage you to do that. And then let me turn the corner and get to our fifth principle that we're going to look at, our fifth and final one, and it is this. The lists of gifts are not meant to be exhaustive. The order of gifts varies considerably, and no distinction should be made between the gifts. But all expressions of gifts must be in love and done decently and in order. Okay, that's a big statement. That is a big statement. So let's break it down just a little bit. The list of gifts are not meant to be exhaustive. We've gone through this in a previous podcast. There's five different places in Scripture that the gifts are listed. There are some repetition in the gifts that are listed. I think if my memory is correct, there's like 22 different types of gifts represented. But there's more gifts than even what are listed, okay? There are gifts beyond what show up in these lists in Scripture. The order of gifts varies considerably. Don't try to prioritize one gift over another gift. Every gift is important. You know, there's no distinction between the gifts. We're all members of a body. None of us want to lose any member of our body. None of us want to consider a member of our body as unimportant or insignificant. We're all needed. We're all valuable. Every member of the body was designed for a specific purpose. And then perhaps this is the most important part. Chapter 13, what we typically think to be the wedding chapter, the love chapter. It is the love chapter, but it's the love chapter in the context of gifts. It's between chapter 12 and chapter 14 for the purpose of making sure that we know the most important thing about the use of our gifts is that we allow love to govern how they're used. Let me just give you a couple of examples real quick. 13 verse 1. 
If we have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Who cares what gifts I have if my gifts are used for personal elevation instead of corporate edification? Mm. All right. Verse two. But if I have not love, he says, I am nothing. If I have not love, I gain nothing. So gifts are only usable and they only advance the mission of God and accomplish the purposes of God when they're done in love. Chapter 14, verse 1, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. And that's so needed today. We need our people to not ignore their spiritual gifts, but to earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Verse 33 of chapter 14, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. When we look at this whole topic that we've talked about on spiritual gifts, the Bible's clear. We can be confident. This is not confusing. Lastly, chapter 14, verse 40, but all things should be done decently and in order. Now, some people obviously have a different definition of what decently and in order is. But if we look at it according to God's definition, there's unity and things are done in love. There's not distraction. And he gives us specific outlines for the way that specific gifts should be used. I hope this inspires and encourages you to just utilize the gifts that you have to be a active, growing member of a local body. That is how God designed us. And it's so critical as we want to reach this city and this world, all of us as believers, that we do our part and use those gifts that we have. That brings our time together to a close today. And if you want any more information on these topics, I encourage you to check out our blogs at chrisconley.net and karenconley.com, or always you can go to highpointmemphis.com. But whatever you do, please remember that love God plus love people equals love works. 